0: Biohacking. Performance. Mastery. Mindset. This is a show about getting better every single day. The Hack Life with Joel Levin. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the show. This is a real special episode, you know, um, and really going, how do I say, not... Um, not away from what I've always been doing and been putting on the, the show with my guests. I've always been bringing on guests that are disruptive, that are doing something different in the their industry, right? Whether it's be health, whether it's mindset, whether it's mastery, all of these things you're going to start to compile by listening to this podcast day over day. You know, hopefully, you know, by the end of the year, 365 days later, you can say, hey, I stacked on some new skills. I became 1% better, week after week and that compounds into something and that's what I really hope for this show to do and what it to bring out to the world and so you know I got connected for many of you who don't know Dr. Pete Goldman he's an amazing healer of our time, and he and he trains and, and teaches a lot of other um, healers and practitioners how to do some of the same things that he's doing. And if you go back to, I believe, episode 2 or 3 with Dr. Pete, you can listen to that episode. It was a really, really popular episode where we talk about just how I was injured. He's treated any and every MMA superstar you can imagine, professional athletes, and he's got some amazing testimonials of bringing them back when every other doctor said, you won't be able to play you know football or your sport for like another year based on your injury and dr pete is bringing them back in three weeks pretty remarkable so he's got numerous testimonials like that it's not just one um and so dr pete though he's also and so i have two episodes with dr pete so go back and check out those they're really really popular episodes on that note, though, Doctor Pete is a martial artist. He's always been a martial artist as a kid in Kyushiken, um karate and full contact sports, and he's got a black belt in jiu-jitsu and karate, and and he's fought professionally. A very very good athlete, and you know, Doctor Pete, in his time though, he he's such an avid learner and reader, and he he was reading about um, ki through this this old master, uh, Toi- Toishi Kohei, and um, he kept reading these books, and he's going to talk about it in today's episode, but he was reading these books over and over again and getting so much from them that when he would go and meet some of these key or chi you know, masters and that were doing Aikido and some of the principles that they were talking about, he, he felt like they were fake, <laughs> and he felt like none of this stuff is practical, none of it works in real life, you don't know what you're talking about, Like it's a great thing to talk about, but try applying that in real life, Like it doesn't work. And then he stumbled upon Sensa Maida, who's going to be on today's podcast. And he felt a difference. He was like, whoa, this is completely different. This is real. So again, I know when we think about key masters or, you know, you look at and we talk about this in the podcast, but we talk about like these fake, you know, practitioners and there's tons If you just YouTube key master, right? You can see it all over the Internet. You can see people, you know, um, an MMA fighter versus key master and he's just getting obliterated, right? But what Sensei it what I really like, and this is a great episode. You, you should probably watch this one on YouTube because there's a lot of visual demonstrations that are going to happen. This is an in-live interview, which I'm just really happy. I haven't done an in-live interview in a while. And so this is a really cool episode. And the principles of Key, and these principles are universal and how you can actually apply them to your daily life. And you're going to hear how he applies Key to the people that – he trains and how it applies to being a better husband, being a better father, being a better parent, and he, he goes into these max facilities, these, these prisons, and helps prisoners because he wants to teach them these principles so that when they come out, they will have a better – really a better understanding of life and be able to coordinate that mind-body connection better in their own life, Right. This is an amazing episode. It's it's really one of those um, special episodes that I even I had to like listen to a couple times and just was like, wow, like there's just so much stuff in there. And if you just look over and glaze over once, you're going to miss it. So um, yeah, I strongly urge everyone to probably watch this episode on YouTube. It's going to be there. But if you can't, um, just try to take in some of the principles of Key. He's an amazing person. You can go check out Sensei Maida if you're in California. He is in the Albany area. And and what an amazing soul and what amazing gift in this episode and you know thank you Dr. Pete for bringing uh, this making this connection happen so really cool stuff last but not least before we get into the episode as you guys know most of you who are my you know avid listeners I have um I do health coaching you know and I I help a lot of people lose weight in sixty days. And we do it from a holistic perspective. We don't count macros. We don't do these special diets. We don't do any of that. And really, when you look at some of the metabolic things going on, right, it keeps coming out over and over again. We're seeing it with the C word. We're seeing it with viruses and all that stuff. People that are most affected by those things are metabolically, they have metabolic issues. That's just the fact. So if you're looking to get healthy and get in better shape and you're a busy professional and you feel like you don't have the time, I can help you. So reach out to me. One of the best ways you can reach out to me is just DM me on Instagram at joellevencoaching or shoot me an email, info at Joel Levin Coaching, and I'd love to connect with you and see if we can help. Cool? All right, guys. Without further ado, Sensei Maida and Dr. Pete Goldman. All right. Hey, I am here with Dr. Pete Goldman and Sensei Maida. Did I say that right? Sensei Maida. Perfect. It's Italian. Perfect. It's Italian. As you said. <laughs> um, this is going to be an amazing episode. So... Let me do, I'll do a quick intro, and then Dr. Pete, take it away. Um, we're super blessed to be here with Sensei Maeda. Um, we, I have just gotten to, to know him through Dr. Pete. Everybody knows Dr. Pete. Dr. Pete's been on the show twice now, interview number three. How could we resist? Um, but Dr. Pete does a lot of training with the Zone School, chiropractic, overall just general healing. So anybody that's trying to um, learn how to become a better healer, they need to go check him out. He gets the best results. Just look him up. And here's the thing though. The reason we're here with Sensei Maida is that Dr. Pete found him and uses some of the principles in some of your, your teaching in the zone school. And I've got to see a couple of videos and what he does is incredible in terms of, and I think you'll get into it, but he's known as a chi or key master.
1: Uh, I wouldn't call it a master, but yeah, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, tra- I'm training very diligently. <laughs>
0: Some of the yeah. things that I've seen you do, and we'll get deep into it, of course, is just I'm seen you do some amazing things, just using your chi or key to maneuver and manipulate people, and it looks almost fake if you're just watching it on you know TV. And we all know there's those martial artists out there that they use like dim mock or whatever, yeah. like they they use the, te- the, te- the touch of death, and uh, or the the key masters they they do hiya <laughs> kya right, and then like the person drops, and we're like ah oh, it's just fake. But having somebody like Dr. Pete say no no no. This guy's the real deal that means something Mm. and so um that's why we're here today so um that was a long-winded intro sorry but uh welcome to the show and i can't wait to learn more um yeah dr pete so tell us how it all uh tell us how this all started so
2: let me say a couple things so um i have a extensive martial arts background i was a kyokushin fighter i trained with shigeru oyama who's considered the greatest kyokushin fighter ever i was there six days a week two plus hours a day I was fighting the best fighters in the world in that style in the early 90s and it's uh, you know if anyone knows about kyokushin the, you, you, it, it said the name says it all um in fact in japanese kyokushin actually means the ultimate truth i don't know if it really is but I mean, the founder must have thought it was because he called it that <laughs> but anyway it is very rough stuff very 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 rough stuff um so i'm familiar with that and i want to at the time I went to Thailand and I trained, I wanted to fight some Thai boxers. I mean, I've experienced that. Then later on, when I was in my thirties, I started to jujitsu and I got a black belt and was on jitsu so I'm familiar with having to fight in the ground. So I'm familiar with different martial arts. Now, I picked up a book once by, uh, by Toei Sensei, Koichi Toei is his name. I just picked it up in a secondhand Japanese bookstore. And I was like, is- and I read the book. I'm like, man, this is one of the best books I ever read. Just, that was it. I wonder if i could learn this but it said aikido and i was like oh aikido that's the worst like what a joke (laughs) i'm like aikido is the most pathetic excuse for self-defense like around i mean but i thought you know maybe people join aikido schools to like meet friends and get in shape and have community so i didn't think it was terrible i just thought right i just thought if they thought it was for self-defense it was that they were kidding themselves severely so i said aikido was kind of disappointing so then I started, like, oh, maybe there's something to this because this looks so good. And then I read that, like, um, Toei Sensei was challenged by some, like, judo guys and some other guys, and I think in California at one time, and in Hawaii, and he was, like, beating everyone up. I mean, not, whatever. So he was he was throwing these guys around who were hardcore, high-level judo guys. So I said, well, this is obvious. It seems to be real. So I, but I didn't understand the difference between, like, what we'll probably find out later about, like, Aikikai, which is, like, you know, a lineage of O Sensei, which is, stuck around, but is really far from what the founder taught, to Key Society, which uh, Toy Sensei, who was the top student, who was only 10th Don ever given by O-Sensei while he was alive, kind of made his own thing, which is Key Society. I didn't even understand any of that stuff. I just thought it was like, oh, it's Aikido. So I got the Aikido book. So I started going to all these Aikido dojos, not to storm the dojos and beat everyone up, (laughs) but just to to learn, you know? And I I was like, man, it was very disappointing because I didn't go there to kind of, make fun of them. I went there to learn and I was like I walked out just horrified. It was just I mean this stuff I, I don't even I can't do it justice how pathetic <laughs> it was. I mean verbally. I can't I cannot verbally tell you how pathetic it was. So I was like, man, this is really disappointing. I guess I'll go back to my the you book and just read it because that's all I could do and I'll just do my own training. When you
0: said it was pathetic is it just that you're like it's just not practical like that it's would just, never work. Like, I, t- exactly.
2: Like, i, I t- would t-
0: punch t- you in the face before you did this twisty lock. Yeah anything.
2: I'll do whatever I want to before you yeah. do this or <laughs> while you're doing it um, or trying to do it. Yeah. So I, I kind of gave up and then lastly somehow I was like oh there's actually a living disciple of Toei Sensei who's near me so that I went to oh, his class. Wow. Yeah. And I, I remember when I sat in the class, he called one of his black belts up and demonstrated something. And it looked fake. I was like four feet away. I'm like, oh my God, another <laughs> ad was like 10th on the list. This fake garbage, you know? You know, everyone seems really nice here. And I'm, again, I was like, it's probably good for exercise and community and everyone's having a good time, but this is just ridiculous and because it looks so fake. And then at some point, Sensei called me up and I was like, in one second, second, I'm like this is real. I knew in one second, I didn't have to feel it twice. I'm doing this long enough. I felt in one split 2nd like, this is real. And then I just signed up and started going. Now, when I first started going, I went more for just like the mental. I'm like, this is like good, like, uh, it was like good um, mental, spiritual healing. I didn't even really care about the physical part because I was already in good shape and I already knew kind of how to fight. So I yeah. didn't really care about that stuff. And then over time, I saw that it could really be applied to anything in life, anything, healing, whatever. And um, on top of that, because... I am you know the friends of so many like elite level fighters i was like you got to come check this out and i've brought several renowned fighters and you know they can't deny it because when you feel it it's just real period and they i've had those experiences with them and then as you as you mentioned i am the founder of zone school of healing the website is zonetechnique.com any chiropractor doctor or healer of any type of course can go to zonetechnique.com and join or do whatever they want With that said, I actually um, thought that Sensei's teachings could benefit my students because Zone School has a thousand students, you know, a thousand members and growing quickly. And um, Sensei's come to several of my lab events for my high-level, advanced, advanced, advanced students and taught stuff and they loved it, um, which they can apply to their healing if they want or their life or whatever. So that's the context. And I think as you ask questions to Sensei, you'll get some really great answers. And we could even, he can even demonstrate a couple things. Which I think would be uh, worthwhile.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. One of the things before we get into sen- with Sensei, I, I, I'm curious too. It's funny because I remember you mentioning the Tawishi, uh, Tawishi,
2: yeah, Tawishi yeah,
0: Tawishi uh, Kohei book in our first interview. You mentioned that, and I remember I asked you. I said, "What's a, like what's the type of exercise that you do?" Like obviously you're like anybody if you're watching on video, you can see Doctor Pete's in like really good shape, <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, like what are some things you do?" And you're like walking and i'm like and i'm thinking like no this guy's like a multiple black belts and there's he does more than walking and you're like oh i also do like a stretching routine in, in this book and you i put in the show notes stuff for anybody that wants to see that first person and well it, actually
2: it's just uh in, in in the book that i this is a different great book by koichi toei uh that book i had he said in the book he said if you want to have a strong body do three things and he said you know walk a lot and he showed a stretching routine, which takes like four minutes. Yeah. And you know, uh, a shaking routine, which I'm sure Sensei can elaborate on. That's how you str- That was the whole list of the three things of a strong body. I was like, that's an easy list. So I just started, I, I always like to walk, but I started walking more and that was yeah. that. Was that.
0: One, one last thing I wanted to ask you though. I'm curious why you didn't give up at the first school that you went
2: to i probably okay. well because you know simple, simple 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 because the book was that great
0: it was that great it was that great Okay, i, was like, I have incredible. to find
2: this somewhere and yeah after like the eighth aikido school and again i didn't i'm sure maybe sensei will explain about like how aikido started about toei sensei what became he society why he made he society what was toy sensei's interaction with oh sensei's son to make that happen why did most Aikido stay with Aikikai and what that's even become but again I didn't understand any of that I just was like I'm going it says Aikido on the thing so yes, I was going that's
0: how I would have been and, so, yeah.
2: and as as um, ridiculous that's the word I'll use as all the experiences were the book was so great I mean it's actually one of the three best books that I'd ever read I've, yeah. I have a good list of books and um, I just wanted maybe there's some way I could find this so that's why
0: Okay. On that note, you asked some really good questions. Answer all those. So, <laughs> Sensei Maeda, how? Okay. Well,
1: some of them I'm not going to answer yeah. because this is going on on the net, yeah. right? So there's some political weirdnesses oh, yeah. that I won't whatever answer.
0: Whatever you, you answer, yeah. whatever you're comfortable yeah. with. Yeah. But I'm curious. So, we were talking a little bit just before the interview, but you know, how you know, how did you how did you stumble upon this amazing martial art? And, and you know, you you told me like. Not only did you stumble upon it, but you went to Japan and, like, dedicated many years of your life to, like, really understand it. So how did that, how did that come Well, up? it's,
1: it's, it's much less um, amazing than what Dr. Pete did. Dr. Pete really vetted things. He looked at it. He read a book. He went to different dojos. He tried to find it out. My mother is Japanese. She died when I was very young. I was looking for my Japanese heritage. So that's, I mean, that's basically what it was. And in the, I grew up in the South Bronx of New York. And so the first thing I discovered was a Japanese, that I thought was Japanese, was an all-black dojo in Harlem, which I joined and I, I started doing karate, right? Uh, so I was the closest thing to Japanese they had ever you were the seen. Most Japanese looking I was person the most Japanese, we'd anybody, walk through yeah. Harlem and people would say, oh, those, there goes those karate guys. Who's yeah. that Japanese guy? He must be the teacher, be the teacher. Right, right. right? And I was the littlest, dumbest member of, the, of that group. So I had studied karate for a bit, and then in, uh, when I was about 14, it was 1968 or something, 67, 68, um, I left New York to come to California because it was the summer of love and everything was happening out here, you know. Um, so I came out here and one of my, uh, my brother's sister, I mean my brother's girlfriend, was in an Aikido dojo. So I like martial arts anyway, so I went to go to the dojo, but it was run by basically second generation American folks, Right. And they were doing what they were doing, but it, you know, didn't impress me at all because I had done karate. And so I said, ah, this is cool. I'll, I'll look at it. It's fun. And so I didn't train then Aikido. I trained karate. And then I came back to East Coast to do college. And then this woman who's uh, named Leiko, uh, she called me up and she said, Hey, this new Japanese sensei just came from Japan and he studied with Tohei sensei and he's just great. And he's got a lot of students, but he needs a deshi, which means he needs an apprentice. He needs a disciple and you need a teacher in the worst way. (laughs) So because she's my older sister, kind of, I went, okay. And so I came out and I saw him and I fell in love with this art uh, because he was basically because he was doing what he was saying. He said, relaxed. He was relaxed. He said, it's powerful. It was powerful. Whereas you don't see that often, especially in martial arts. They say relax, but they're tense, and you know they can beat you up. Or they say they're strong, and yet they're so weak. So this was a truism. And I said, OK, I'm going to follow this guy. And about six months after I trained with him, Tohei Sensei came to do his annual tour. And so he did about a two-month, three-month tour. And I followed him around during that time. And at the end of that tour, he said, this boy can come to Japan if he speaks Japanese fluently. Of course, I didn't speak any Japanese at all, but I said yes, I do, and I moved to Japan, and then studied became a uchideshi, meaning a live-in student, and studied with him, uh, and it just changed my life. It was a it was an amazing thing. So it's much it's much more uh, uh, simple than than me really trying to find this thing, uh, you know, which I respect highly. I just fell into it, and luckily I fell into it because uh, Toei-sensei was a great teacher.
0: Yeah. So when when you know the average person though what i find fascinating is the average person would have said if when they you obviously clearly didn't speak a speak a lick of japanese and it would have been easy to be like oh well that door just shut like i wish i spoke japanese then i maybe i could do this thing but you were like absolutely not i'm gonna figure out a way i have to do that like was that always something inside of you like this i don't know
1: but it turned out then i i was going there was no doubt about it in my mind, whatever I had to lie or steal or whatever, I'm, I'm going. Uh, because Toei-sensei is just, I mean my teacher, my original teacher was very good, but Toei-sensei was just phenomenal, phenomenal. And, uh, and I, wanted to, I wanted to be him. Yeah. I don't want to be him now, but, but I, because he's an old, he, he's passed away for one, yeah. but two, he was an old Japanese guy and I don't want to be an old Japanese guy, I want to be me, right? Uh, Uh, But I really wanted to do what he did, which was to show that relaxation is stronger than tension. And a positive attitude is always better than a negative attitude. You always have a choice. People say to me, like, uh, I don't know, maybe just because the way I am, they always go, you're so happy all the time. You're smiling all the time. And I say, why not? You, you have a choice. You have a choice to be grim and nasty or to be happy. It's not that I don't look at the negative. I do look at the negative, but I treat it positively as much as I can. And this is what my teacher, I don't know if he's in, is it, can you see Toy sensei Toy sensei taught me uh, mostly. Even language. Try to say no negative words. Try to be as positive as you can. try to treat everybody without collision. Yeah, that's his art. And it, the reason I really like Aikido is because you can you can talk philosophy all you want. And when somebody's bending your arm and you've you got to show you're not colliding, and we'll do that if you want. Just oh, yeah. start off the yeah. start off the routine, oh, yeah. okay? Oh, okay, absolutely. so why don't you stand up? Oh, boy. And stand up. Right.
0: So, so should I take off my headphones? No, too? no, it's not going to be violent oh, okay. at all. I was looking for the violence. Right, right it's not going to be violent. <laughs> so
1: uh, put your arm like this. Make a fist. Make your arm strong. And what I want Dr. Pete to do is... Bend this over here, okay. go ahead. Right, right, so he can bend it, right? He's a strong yeah. mother, yeah. <laughs> right? Strong mother. So, that's, so that's, that's the strength one. Yeah. So the op, you know, what we usually think is, that's one way to deal with something. The other way is the 60s routine, which is everything is cool and you're, you know, right, you're limp, so then uh, bend the arm. So of course it bends, yes. <laughs> right? So there is a third way though, and we call this real relaxation. And one of the ways we teach this easily is this. Uh, you, you hold, you get ready to bend. Okay. And then just shake my hand like, yeah, you don't have to hold it. Just like you're connecting with me. Mm-hmm. Right. And then go. <laughs> now, I'm not supporting your hand. No, you're not. Right. So then. I don't even
0: feel like I'm grabbing your hand. Right. You actually, so do I this. I started to tense up and then right. you, can cute and right. you can actually relax more. So
1: relax more. You just connect to me. Right. Relax more and do the bending. And then just let go. <laughs> <laughs> right. So is this the Um, same arm of course it's the same arm and not only that and we can show it we'll show it this way since you're the interviewer right Uh, because you might think that dr pete's faking it right so hold my wrist and relax and hold this and you're going to bend it okay okay so if i'm holding strong go for it you're right right that's pretty good you're a pretty strong guy too but if i relax go ahead (laughs) now not only can you not bend but keep bending not only can you not bend but keep bending. But I can bend it. And not only can I bend it, but. <laughs> right? Anybody can do this. Well, one can do this, let's say. Anyone can do this. Yeah. But you have to stay relaxed and do it. We have a guy in uh, Santa Rita, Maximum Security. Uh, we'll call him Bubba for short. Okay. Uh, he bench presses 425. That's a lot. It's not bad
0: and i guess, i mean i yeah uh, yeah <laughs>
1: and and he can't bend my arm and he's very appreciative of the fact that he knows that it's not my power that it's something else it's relaxation that does that mm. so that's essentially what we do so you got a feeling of that yeah. now the the reality is can you do that now though without the help can you do that now
0: that's the key and i think absolutely that, I, that I, is i I, have to, I feel like i have to be mentally cued Or prime to to right, because otherwise I think naturally, and I'm just for speaking for myself, I'm naturally like a um, go 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 right alpha like sure want to accomplish a lot of things, and so very task oriented and very uh, rigid. I would say, and by saying all that, I'm telling you, I'm like oh, like there's a lot of so I would have to very much cue myself. Now I think that
1: probably if it was a smaller person doing this, you could probably do it maybe, but if it's Dr. P trying to bend your arm, you'll cue into this tension, things like that. And so what what Tohei-sensei had to do too was to challenge himself. Like in Japan, he was the master, so nobody really challenged him. They, you know, they were students of his, but when he came to America, which was in 1953, he came to Hawaii. There were some big Samoan guys who didn't like Japanese guys. And they were doing martial arts too. They were doing judo and he would say, bend my arm. And they'd go, you bet, <laughs> I'm going to bend it. And he had to up his game, I would say, uh, to be, really be able to do it. So he said when he came back from America, he was a changed person in terms of how he could explain this mm-hmm. and how he could do it. And so that helped me working in the jails helped me and working with the police helped me uh, because they, they, they're not my students. I was teaching Berkeley PD, for instance. Maybe we can cut out the Berkeley in case, of, in sure, case somebody's whatever. watching. Right. <laughs> anyway, I was teaching Berkeley PD, and one of my students um, was a lieutenant in the, well, we'll call it the crash unit, you know, the, the break into the uh, houses get and get, the, all the get all the bad guys. And uh, so they didn't want to train. He thought it was good for them, but they didn't want to train. So one of the sergeants came up to me, and I'll paraphrase because I don't curse. He said, uh, you think you can kick my butt? And I said, no, 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 that's not what I'm teaching at all. I definitely don't teach that, but I know you can't kick mine. Oh. <laughs> and so he went, okay, let's train. You know, he, was, he, was, he liked that answer And because that's not my goal is to kick anybody's butt at all, right? So anyway, th- I hope this helped. This little demonstration helped.
0: Okay, so that was amazing. Yes, I felt it. Right. I felt that connection. It, it, it's very subtle. I'm curious though, now that I'm thinking about it, anybody watching this would say, Okay, that's great. Beautiful. You know how to not bend arms and stuff. And I can see them saying, "Well, great. How does that how does that affect me in a self-defense situation in the sense that like I'm assuming or like for example, Kōichi Tohei went Japan a judo guy, right? So the judo guy goes, you know, they want their grips and stuff, they're going to go grab and they're and then they're going to toss him maybe. Right. So how does that how does that translate? This understanding Well, of we this? Say, we would
1: say unbendable arm, which is able to bend, right? I showed you it could bend, right. even though. Then it's unbendable shoulders, an unbendable finger, an unbendable legs, an unbendable torso, right? So that it can move, but it's very stable and it's connected. Mm-hmm. So toy Sensei, Uh, When he first came to the United States, he got invited to do a demonstration by a, uh, I forget the doctor's name, but it was a doctor, it's in the books, right, who invited him out because he liked Aikido, he thought it was really great. And so Tohei-sensei demonstrated at a tournament, at a judo tournament. And Tohei-sensei didn't understand English well. And so the doctor said in the middle, in the break, while they were doing the demonstration, he said, Tohei-sensei will now take on all four of the champions of their weight class at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) And Toy sensei really Uh didn't understand what he was talking about. So they were all lined up, and the doctor said, go. And they all charged him, and he tossed them all around without them ever touching him. Then he gained a lot of students from that. (laughs) So Hawaii became really a base of United States Aikido because Mm. everybody was impressed by how he did that. And he was talking at the same time. I mean, it was he wasn't out of breath <laughs> yes. so this is a this is something that can be applied to martial arts but i would say that the martial art techniques that we do are just another tool to see more clearly our reaction to potentially tension or collisionary situations mm-hmm. and it's a tool to see it it's not a goal we're not trying to be professional martial artists or self-defense people or any of that right at least from Toy Sensei's viewpoint yeah. but we're using the techniques because it's a real clear indicator of whether you're relaxed or not mm-hmm. or whether you're colliding or not so we'll do another one and then yeah. we'll, we'll start talking okay. all right so feet in natural posture right good and uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you a push and don't get pushed over but uh, since I teach in maximum security prison, I have to say one thing. The, there's one rule, and that is don't hurt the sensei. Okay. Right. Right. So don't, this is not a challenge. No, a challenge right. right. No, 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 nothing like that. Yeah. This is a, yeah. right. So what you're going to do is try to prevent yourself from, from losing your balance. Okay. So you wouldn't call that a hard push. No. Right. No. Okay. So try something else. Okay. Without okay. hitting the sensei. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> Okay, so that didn't work either. No, that didn't work out. Right. So what I want you to do is this. Put your feet in natural posture. Come up off your heels a little. And off your heels a little and stay up there a little bit. And then come down softly on your heels so that you don't rock back. Right. Like that. Very good. And just relax. Don't push against this. Just relax. <laughs> good. So now you can feel I'm pushing about triple right now.
0: <laughs> so, feel I mean, yeah, right. Way more grounded.
1: so. Tense this up a little bit, or resist a little bit, right? And uh, it's, uh, right. So it's that, right? Mm-hmm. And now wait on forward and relax and don't resist. Just keep right there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now I know he's pushing harder, <laughs> but generally when we do this, you're trying to do like a science experiment where you're mm-hmm. trying to push the exact same way so that you can see what the difference is. But everybody pushes harder. Yeah. Uh, so you can see that why do we tense up then? Fear. Right. When we don't, when we know now, right. That, that, that just staying stable, right. will keep you more stable, right. Yeah. Rather than resisting it. Now, you know, this, so even like, uh, you can't turn around cause you got this, but move your body around like this a little bit. Right. And then just, but keep the same feeling and stop, but keep the same feeling of forward feeling and relaxed and stable. Yeah. So you didn't lose it. Right. So you got it. Now, I'm going to do one more test and I'm not going to push any harder. Okay, you ready? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to push any harder. I guarantee it.
0: (laughs) I was anticipating that one. Right. So what that (laughs) means, that's
1: not a bad thing. But what that means is that it's really not in you yet you still think that this is stronger, right? Rather than thinking that the other. So it takes practice, Mm -hmm. which is, I I have a joke on my refrigerator. It says, that's why we asked you to pack a lunch and a change of clothes, (laughs) because it's not going to take one lesson or two lessons. It's going to take a lot of training to stay relaxed when you might want to tense up. Mm -hmm. Right. And it takes a lot. And so Aikido trains us in that. Uh, You do some martial arts, right?
0: I did kaju kembo for a long time. Right, but like you don't. Kempo but you don't do any like grappling. No, he, jiu-jitsu I did jujitsu. Yeah. Uh, that's it's how we met. Uh, with Carlos, Carlos a for okay, four years. Okay, so
1: um, this might interrupt your microphone, but maybe not. So uh, you're going to go and choke. Okay. So if he's going to go and choke you, right, you're going to do something to prevent the choke, right? So you're tucking your chin, and you're pulling down on the arm, mm-hmm. right? Right, but he's a strong mother. Oh,
2: yeah. So he's, so
1: he's gonna get he's, in there, he's right? He's me, yeah. gonna get in yeah, there. Yeah. So now we're gonna do this. He's doing this. I want you to touch here, not pull down. But no, don't pull down. Just bring it to your chest. Like hug it
0: mm.
1: to your chest. And even with this hand, hug it to your chest. Right. Hug it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's like like a hundred times stronger. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs>
0: And I'm not, I'm, not even, right. I'm not even like, I wasn't even, I was kind of using your hand as a guidance. Right. I wasn't even doing it hard. Right. Don't do it
1: hard because like, you don't want to hug yourself hard either, yeah. you know. So you want to hug and really softly and now he can't choke you. Now, the other thing is that, and we notice is that when people get choked, they tend to want to, especially jujitsu people, they tend to want to tuck their chin in, which actually brings your throat closer to my, mm. my hand, right? So if this is choking and you're touching, put your head up. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So now it's not anywhere near even your throat. Yes. Right. But we do the opposite because of our practice, because of our training, we we want to tighten mm-hmm. up. So with practice, though, we can relate to potential collision in a totally different way. Um, you ever stump your stub your toe at night? You know, when you are mm-hmm. walking through the house, oh, yeah. don't you blame the chair?
0: Yes. Yes. It's everybody's fault but mine. It's
1: everybody's fault but yours, right? And so that's a good testing thing. You stub your toe, you go, man, that hurts. (laughs) You know, instead of blaming or instead of, you know, even getting angry at anybody, you know, you're the one that stubbed your toe. You probably left the chair there. I mean, most likely, likely, you know, but even if you didn't still, why
2: don't you look where you're going? I just want to add one thing Joel asked about practicality. And of course, this goes way beyond self-defense and things like that. But I, when I learned Unliftable Body from Sensei, which he probably can show with us now, mm-hmm. it was a lot harder for guys to throw me. When I did ju- Jiu-Jitsu against even Judo guys, it was just harder for them to throw me because I was using those principles. And I just, that came to mind when yeah. Joel asked about that. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: we can do one more. Because yeah. we, we, I do these a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I never have an interview where I'm just... Talking, although as you can tell, I like to talk. Right, <laughs> right.
0: Okay. It must be the Italian side of you. Well, yeah, because it's <laughs> yeah. not the Japanese side. It's definitely not the Japanese. Right. Side.
1: Okay. So what we're going to do is this: um, first, tense your body up. Me. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Just be tense.
1: Be tense, right? And we'll he's going to we'll lift you up. So he can obviously <laughs> lift you up, right? <laughs> no, right. Without without any. Without job. any. Job. Yeah. Right. So then do the '60s routine, which is like you know everything's groovy and spacey, wacy, right? And you're going up anyway, yeah. right? So now remember the weight on the front part of the feet, mm-hmm. right, and then what you're gonna do is this. The shoulders won't go up, and if you need it, you can crazy glue your fingers to your thigh, crazy mm-hmm. glue, which doesn't take pressure, by the way, if you've ever done crazy glue, right? It just touches and you're stuck, uh-huh. right? So you don't have to put pressure if you need it.
0: Okay. But generally,
1: just keep the shoulders connected to the body. Mm-hmm. Don't let them rise up on their own, okay? And keep it stable, right? Now, here's, here's the thing, right, just to let you know. This person, who's the, we'll call him the uke person, right, yeah. is, is thinking he ain't lifting.
0: That's exactly what I thought. Right.
1: He's thinking he ain't lifting, and that's why we do it with everybody, so that you understand yeah. that really it's somebody lifting now. Both of us are heavier, but you can still feel the difference, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. make yourself tense. I can do it. Right. Do right. It and so, ch- he's, he, that's right. Yeah. And lift him up right so you can you can right, move yeah. them yeah. right you can move them that was pretty good and now space out a little bit and do the same thing right so you can still move them around a little bit right so now uh, feet together natural mm-hmm. keep, keep coordination mind and body right and do the same lift <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah
0: it's, like like it's dramatically it's dramatically
1: different, different yeah. right now i'd have to ask you does his weight has his weight change because if I could change people's weights, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd go to Weight Watchers and <laughs> make a fortune, right? So his weight didn't change. So what changed?
0: I mean, I would say his perception of, of his weight or his, his reality. Well, that is, could be, right? But space. it's basically
1: how he dealt with your lift,
0: mm-hmm. okay.
1: which is a totally different thing. He dealt with calmness so that he couldn't be moved or he dealt with tension or spaced out. Uh And so he could be moved. And so we can equate this. Of course, we can equate this to self-defense, but you can equate this to daily life, to personal relationships, to, you know, when you're tense, you don't see things clearly. You're not stable. When you're spaced out, you don't see things clearly. You're not stable. When you're really relaxed, we call this relaxed completely. You're seeing things as clear as what they are. And you're the most stable. Now, this is not to say that nothing will lift you up there's an elephant I know who can lift you up, yes. right? And a forklift can lift you up, but you will be much more stable in comparison if you stay relaxed and calm, we'll call this keeping one point, keeping your center, mm-hmm. than not. Yeah. Is that a, is that a, a good one? Yeah. Okay, Okay. so let's yeah. do another one. Let's do another one. We, I love these. Right. So
2: I just wanna add, add one thing if it's yeah. okay. You know, when I, what I, one thing I really appreciated about this teaching is, like when I was in New York back in the day, i had a i knew this guy who was like uh the grandmaster of like v jitsu it's like this very rough style so i was he was like oh dr pete you should train with us and they had a thing on their walls a huge sentence it's like harmony love it was the most violent place i've ever <laughs> been to i mean i was prepared for it because of my background but it was insane like i mean i don't mind if you're violent but i don't know what that post it said like you know v jitsu like love harmony so that's one extreme of just i don't know what that is then there's this other extreme that i that i Came across a couple of times, almost like some tai-, tai Chi. Not the Tai Chi is not great, but some Tai Chi, it's so spaced out. They're so re- they're they're not even relaxed. I don't know what it is. Like, but what I what I learned from this is relaxation is strength. It's not the you know love and harmony and you know stamp on each other's heads. It's not like the Tai Chi. Not that all Tai Chi is like this, but the kind I saw where you're like half asleep. It's this re- like relaxation is strength. It real it really is, and then. It's easy to say it or read it in a book, or you're like, relax, relax. But in the relaxed, completely context, you're like, wow, relax. And you can test it, because if I'm doing jujitsu, jitsu I'm like, oh, look, I'm fighting these same guys, and I'm relaxed, and look how much stronger I am. So that's what I, one of the multiple things. Now, in the greater scheme of things, that might be the crumbs off the table. Like, who cares, there's so many bigger applications. But, because you asked that question, yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, he, he understands
1: this really much clearer than many of my students do uh, because he's had ex- this experience of other things and not just, uh, you know, just doing this. So we'll do one more. Uh, put this foot forward and put this hand forward and hold here. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can resist, but okay. don't move your feet. Right. And he's going to move you. Raise, so, raise yeah, them yeah up? No, just oh, push, push them. Oh,
2: yeah. oh, I'm going to push him yeah, up. Okay, got yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Right. So, of course, he can push you back. Yeah. Right. So try something different. Right so that's co- sort of that limpier reading, one yeah, right limpy. right so try something different anything you, anything on the on your plate right so yeah okay <laughs> so now find the balance between So them. now just relax okay. and shake my hand as if I'm giving you a new Tesla look that way <laughs> right for free right okay go ahead No And you're not gripping me No I'm not at all You're not really hanging on to me it's just sort of like um Dumbo and the feather you, Disney, mm-hmm. maybe you're mm-hmm. a little young for this.
0: Well, I got Dumbo. <laughs> I got some Dumbo books at my house, actually.
1: Right. Well, you for got kids, kids, maybe. Yeah. Right. So, Dumbo had a feather and the feather convinced Dumbo that Dumbo could fly. Uh. But, of course, Dumbo didn't need the feather to fly, right? Uh, obviously, because the yeah. feather disappeared, but he could fly. So, this yeah, is yeah. the same. You actually don't need me, but you need the idea. Relax, 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 and look that way. Look past, right? And then do test again. Right. Very uh. good. So I'm much more stable. You want to try it with, let's try it with uh, Dr. Pete, since what usually happens is that this person usually says, well, he's just setting this one up, man. You know, uh, we got some stock in this thing, right? So first tense body, right? And so you're going to use your whole body and, and, right, there you go. Excellent. So you can move him. And limpy, wimpy. Right. Good. And just extend big up on the front part of your feet. Right, go. Yes. Right. And he's using less power and less tension and less calories. I was I was teaching this might help. I was teaching um, in it was in it was actually Maryland, but it was from Virginia, an organization from Virginia. And we were teaching mostly law enforcement. But we were teaching also, some people came in in suits, and we said, oh, what department are you from? The guy goes, Department of the Navy. And we go, oh, what do you do? And he says, can't tell you. And I laughed, and I said, no, what do you do? He goes, can't tell you, right? And so they were practicing with us, and then in between the class, when we had a little break, they were doing push-ups. So I went over to the guy, and I said, look, um, I can teach you how to do more push-ups, probably 20% more push-ups. the guy says, great, and I said, but it'll build less muscle. And he looked at me, and he went, no. I don't want that. <laughs> because they're doing this to build muscle, right? Yeah. But I could teach you how to do that where you're not using so much muscle. But they didn't want that. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to build muscle. Yeah. So this is not building muscle. This is actually using your body very efficiently. And if you dig in, you're gonna get pushed over. If you, to, if you fight back, you're gonna get pushed over. But if you relax, you're gonna be the most stable. So I think you can see how this relates to martial arts, yeah. but also how it relates to daily life, that you don't have to push your issue you just keep your stability. Yes. And we have to see it from the other's perspective. I have to see where you're coming from. And usually we say that, like if we're saying this as a you know, 60s thing, because I grew up in the 60s, I went to Woodstock. <laughs> that lets you know how old I am. I went to Woodstock, right? Um, and so, you know, the, uh, you know this niceness that, that everybody is, but if you get pushed over from it, right, then it's not stable, it's, it's not safe even. Yeah. So to be safe, you have to be really relaxed and relaxed completely is what we're talking about, which is just doing what you're doing. Just don't rock back on your heels. Don't tense your body up and recognize the other what's going on with the other because you want as much information as possible. It's not because I want to, you know, be you. I have to recognize what the mugger is doing and where they're coming from in order to deal with them efficiently, Mm. not just ignore them and say that they're, they're not a part of this. You know, we would say that about illness. I mean, I'm not even talking about, you know, COVID or anything, it's just, you know, when cancer's in your body, it is in your body. You're, you have a relationship with it. You know, yeah. you can't ignore it and then try to just push it out of the way. You have to understand it and then work on it, right? And this is the same with people holding or the same with, you know, any of this stuff, right? So,
2: um, I have one other thing, cause Joel asked about the martial arts and again, sure as we talk more sensei will explain the much bigger ramifications but one thing i also learned was before i understood this if i was standing up with you or someone if i just thought i can just overpower you because i'm stronger or have or have better technique i could go that route or maybe we're semi even but i could use like what they call kazushi like trip you Mm -hmm. like you know like kind of get your back like we're about even but i'm just a little more boom and i get the. but what i learned which is this principle of non-colliding and joining and leading you can feel it for sure and then when I'm back at Jiu-Jitsu messing around with these guys I'm like well this is obvious so um, I'll let Sensei explain it but I could just say in the meantime if I could just show like if I'm just using like brute strength or technique that's one thing or let's say I'm just doing a quick like you know Kazushi but if we're kind of locked up and Joel's pulling me this way like in the old days that'd be like pulling them this way yep. but with doing and lead i'm like oh we're going this way and then i'm like okay we'll go this way and i'm on top of you so <laughs> that's it's one thing to uh, just say it but i'm doing it with like a very good test group yes. these yes. tough guys yep. and i'm like this is obviously working and that's not just like oh i did you, you learn a cool move and you do the kazushi like one out of ten times but it doesn't work like i'm just like this just works if if And if it doesn't it's me because i'm not joining and leading right so that that was a huge thing so i don't know if sensei wants to talk about non-collision and join and lead but i can tell you from a student perspective it completely is demonstrable in the martial arts context just because you asked that question yeah
1: yeah yeah well and every one of the i love it every one of the people that dr pete brings which i'm you know sometimes a little afraid you know who's that guy whoa (laughs) you know he's gonna eat me right but they all feel it they go oh oh yeah i get that one not that they'll do it necessarily but they understand the principle behind it Mm -hmm. that it really is don't collide and try to find the place that you're going and help you to go there i just don't want to be in your way that's that's all
0: yes
1: (laughs) so um uh well let's get to answering some questions or we'll never answer the questions right uh and then we'll go back to something maybe that has to do with oh by the way you know it, it's not like we're hawking this book because this book doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> you can't find it. Tohei books are no longer in print. So it's not like, you know, you got to go find them. Ah. And, uh, uh, and I, I usually don't know. It's no, nowhere. It's in okay. Japanese. He's printing in Japanese, but, okay. you know, but not in English. Um, and I shouldn't actually say that because I'm always looking for him. And so if you're looking for him on Amazon and I'm looking for him on Amazon, the, the, the bid goes up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, But anyway. We
0: got to join a lead.
1: Yeah, yeah. We got to join a lead. You, you buy one and buy me one. <laughs> right?
0: yeah. Or maybe we just go to business and make our own. Just,
1: we can yeah. repeat it. We yeah. can do that. We can reprint. Uh, absolutely. You know, I have a good connection. The, the person who's in charge of key society these days, and then we can go into some historical things if you want, yeah. um, is the son of Tohei Sensei. Uh, Shinichi Tohei, right and uh, and I changed his diapers. So, you know, we're we're buddies in that I'm his uncle So if I if I need to do it, you know, we we can work out something that the we can reprint it because Toy sensei's books Are better than any books that any of us can write.
0: Wow,
1: so we just need those I can't write anything better than him. I mean, I can teach it maybe more applicable to you than he taught it to me right? But I can't write a better book than he wrote.
0: What, why is that? What was going on during that time or what was it that made him so special that he was able to understand this, you think in a way that, I'm just, you know, thinking what you just said, I mean, that's a huge compliment and both of you and your backgrounds have both pretty much said the same thing. So, about him, is there was there something going on or that made him have this understanding and, you know, in a way that other people just didn't get it?
1: I'd say he had more of what what Dr. Pete has than what I have, right, in that he saw O-sensei, he trained with O-sensei, he got really inspired, he watched him, he said this is really a great thing, and then he tried to figure out why it was working and why it wasn't working. And many of the other people just copied the form, and they did okay, but Toy-sensei wanted to know why this worked. And so Toy-sensei had a few experiences that helped him. He used to do Zen meditation, for instance, at another place. And when he would come back from Zen meditation, from a weekend of Zen meditation, then nobody could throw him, and he could throw almost everybody. And then it would wear off. And then he'd go back to meditation and then come back, and then he could do it again. And the only person who could throw him was O-sensei. Then he said, well, this is important. So then he brought that in. As a, as a method he said oh no we have to think about meditation and coordination and that kind of thing and then he watched O sensei and he said oh sensei's never colliding with anybody so i think that we should start teaching that part too and so pre pre-war i'd say that Toi sensei knew these philosophically but wasn't able to put them into daily practice yeah. but then he went to war and he tried to put the philosophy into practice and you put philosophy to practice on the streets yeah. and you get it, right, or you don't, or you don't, you're or you don't. it doesn't work, or, or it it doesn't work and you're you just, dead, right, or whatever, or, yes, you know, in the, in the streets, it's no lab, you know, it's like do or don't, right, yeah. so he trained that way, and he got it, and so when he came back, he became very quickly the chief of instruction, O-sensei made him the chief of instruction, post-war, O-sensei retired, he went to the countryside, countryside dojo, and uh, Toi-sensei and, to- and O-sensei's son sort of ran the dojo, Toi-sensei was the instructor, the best instructor, and uh, O-sensei's son, Kishomaru, was sort of a business uh, office manager. Also, he did Aikido. He did Aikido pretty well, right? But Toi-sensei was teaching this way, which had something else than what O-sensei physically taught. He had this, stay relaxed, stay calm, keep your balance, don't collide, don't push against them. Well, you know the term Kazushi, right? I mean, he mentioned it. Yeah, now Right. right. Kazushi means bringing somebody off balance, making somebody off balance. But uh, Sensei's idea and Toei-sensei's idea was, was this, and this is not really necessarily such a physical thing, is that if Kazushi would mean me making him off balance, that's Kazushi. But... Uh, O-sensei and Toy sensei said, he's going this way, so help him to go that way, (laughs) right? Then if he's going that way and you're helping him to go that way, it doesn't matter how strong he is. But if you're trying to make him go where he doesn't want to go, then it really will matter, right? Like, Like you could maybe Kazushi your employee, but you can't Kazushi your boss. You could maybe Kazushi some accountant, but you can't Kazushi the IRS, they're much stronger than you. Yeah. <laughs> they can take your house, yeah. <laughs> right? Right. So there's always something that will overpower you. Even somebody powerful, let's say a judge, is very powerful, right? But if they're driving along Highway 80 and a brand new recruit, highway patrol person says, pull over, they better pull over. Better pull over yeah. And if the, the, the recruit says, get out of the car, They better get out of the car. Now, later on, of course, that guy loses his job. And, you know, but right there, you're not more powerful than that little recruit, 19, 20 year old recruit, even though you're a judge. Right. right? So there's always something more powerful than you. An open mic can be really powerful. You know what I mean? (laughs) Can get you in a lot of trouble. Right. Right. So why train to overpower things then? because there's always going to be something that's going to be more powerful
2: than you. I have a quick question, and I wanted to make sure. one statement also. You know, I mentioned what I said about my experience with the Aikido dojos before I found this. You know, I'm sure there's like that 0.5% of people who do Aikido who are tough. Like, they're probably cops, and they know how to, like, grab fingers, and there's probably someone who exists in this earth from the Aikikai lineage who is tough. So I'm, I just didn't meet them, but i Right. They may exist, so I just want to say that. So, if someone's watching, they're like, I'm, "I do Aikido. Like, you know, I'm tough." Okay, <laughs> I, I, I bet you are good. Okay, so, um, with that said, I wanted to ask um, Sensei this question, which is, I don't know if he wants, he might, he might just pass on answering it, but <laughs> or partially answer it or fully. But when, before Toei Sensei broke off and made Ki no. society, and he was kind of appealing to O Sensei's son and the other people around, like, "Hey, you know, we have the screen." Right. You know, what was it? I mean, we're just guessing, I guess, but what was it from um, the Aikikai guys' perspective that made them say, "No, no, 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 we, we don't really need to relax. We're just going to do these." Didn't they realize at some point that it was not practical? It was not working. They were missing this big element. Like, why would they resist that? I don't. know. That's a good know.
1: question. It's a really good question, and I'd, i I'd, uh, I'd have to say that. Um, well, I, my my neighbor used to live right next door. who's was a, a Berkeley PD person, and. Probably once a week he'd come to me and say, Sensei, this thing happened and I did this and I did that. And and then he he hit me in the head and, uh, you know, and then he got away, you know. So what should I do? And I said, well, is that the result that you wanted? And he'd say, absolutely not. And so I would tell him, then you did something wrong. Obviously, you can't make the other person do something, right? So you did something wrong if it's not the result that you wanted, right? So I would have to say, sorry to say this, and uh, we don't have to edit it, right? Is that Tohei Sensei obviously did something wrong, right? Because he didn't explain it to those people where they would not take offense at it. These were people who had studied just junior to Tohei Sensei, and he would go up to them and go, (laughs) and push them over or they couldn't throw him or something and he would say no we have to do it this way but obviously he explained it a little incorrectly because they took it bad and they took it like well toy sensei's just doing this thing and he's you know he's showing us up and he thinks he's the best or, or whatever and so then they resisted it right which is too bad because if they'd have seen it they'd see that he was actually doing this thing much closer to what o sensei was doing and Really, O-sensei gave the only one that he gave a tenth dan to, which means that you understand this whole principle, right? Only to Tohei-sensei. There was dan's after O-sensei died from committee, but O-sensei gave Tohei-sensei the only tenth dan. So he obviously trusted him in this. But even later on in life, um, O-sensei did not support Tohei-sensei as much when it got later on, because Tohei-sensei was sort of rising up in the, the, the deal, you know? Uh, I don't know. Everybody, you know, the, the the even Toy Sensei says even a one inch worm has half an inch of ego. So you have to.
2: Well, there's that book. Uh, I think it's called Forty Eight Laws of Power. I never read it actually. It's a very famous book, but I think the first law is uh, never outshine the master. So right. maybe Well,
1: you you want to you want to actually show it so that people don't. That's why I really appreciate it. Like when I'm showing these guys, the you know the Silvas and the yeah. you know these guys and the Gracies said that I try to approach it so it never feels like this is something better than you. This is something in addition to what you can do and look at this and you can do this too. And I try to do that as best I can, uh, so that I don't make the same mistake my teacher made. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, he could have kept Aikido all together if he'd explained it in a different way. But he was young then too, so you know, he was born in nineteen twenty, so in the forties he was, you know, 20 something. He was 20-something, you know, oh, and then then when he, then when he got back from cool. the war, he was, you know, 30s, you know, and still you're, you know, you're in a, a weird thing, especially when you can do something that the others can't. Right. Right. Uh, then, then, yeah, that becomes problematic, I think. So, you know, I chalk it up to youth or something. Uh, uh, but uh, but that's I mean uh, we have to we have to say the truth you know which is that obviously something was incorrect in how he described it if he didn't he wasn't able to convince.
2: People. And then and then on a side note, uh, and, and again, I'm not sure how he will answer this either. But these days, yeah. So someone is a six Don, six degree in you know Aikikai, Aikido, but they they stumble across sensei somewhere like well wow, I, I heard about key Society, and then he's doing something simplistic like um, a thing called tenkan. I don't know if he'll show it, but it's a thing, you know, where one of the ways to, it just means off the line, but one of the ways to demonstrate it would be if someone's just grabbing your wrist and how would you deal with that? And he's just holding their wrist and they can't do it after they're a six done. Now, I've asked Sensei this before, and I, <laughs> but I want to, it's on film. Yeah. You know, I would think if I was six done Aikido and I'm doing Aikido for 30 years and then I can't even just freaking, this guy's holding my wrist, I'd be like, when, when are your classes? What's your schedule? <laughs> right. But it seems like, a very, very, very low percentage of them do that. They're just like, oh, that's cool. Have, have a nice day. I, I, don't, I mean, it, that just seems incredibly odd to me. I don't know if you have ever to say. It's
1: odd. It's odd to me, too. But um, none of the people that I train with this, this is all Toy Sensei. This is not really me. Anybody can do this, right? Um, but all the people that I expose to Toy Sensei's philosophy, especially the high-ranking Aikido, nobody says this is bunk. They don't say it doesn't work. They don't say uh, it's it, it makes me feel bad. They just go, "Oh, this is really great." And then they just never come back. And I think it's because they have a a place already wherever they are. They have a place and they don't they feel like they have to give up that place in order to start this anew. But I try to tell all of them, "Your skill is great. Your you know what you have, you don't have to destroy it, or you don't have to get rid of it. Just use it, right? And use it with this, and then you'll be doubly good. It's not like it's gonna be, it's not gonna take anything away from you, you know?
2: It must be a universal psychological thing, because in Kyokushin, we'd have a lot of, way back in the day, they come to Kyokushin, like uh, Shotokan black belts. Right. And we were nice to them, we weren't like, we weren't like us. Kick and, they, and they were just like, you know, semi-conscious or, <laughs> dra- you know? And I, I thought they'd be like, I should start from scratch here. We put on a white belt, right. you know? But we never saw them again. And happen again and again and again and again.
1: But you know, like when, uh, when uh, we go to like a karate thing or something, I don't have to tell anybody. Even the, the masters, they put on their white belt and then they sit right.
2: They go, okay, let's go. But because I, I did bring um, Sensei to Japantown to a very high level Kyokushin lineage dojo. You know, like this guy is really good. I can tell you that in many ways. He's as legit as it gets in that kind of full contact karate fighting. Yeah. And I told him, and he he just showed like with a white belt. I mean, this guy is like no one's ever seen him in a white belt. He's like, where where do I where do I stand? Where do I line up? Because they're smart. He's that's a great smart. guy. Yeah, He's yeah, a great guy. Smart.
1: He's a great guy too. Yeah. yeah, really sweet. So it's not common that people will give up their their rank or their thing, you know, uh, to start something new. But I'm trying to help everybody understand that it's it you don't give up anything you're not giving up anything Anything. you're adding something that might help you to to do this thing better it's not you don't have to throw anything out except your ego you might have to throw it out right so the what they call this in in japanese training there's many different words for training and it has many different levels from keiko which is just like exercise to the top which we'll call shugyo and shugyo means spiritual polishing and if you've ever seen a, a stone get polished it starts off rough And it ends up really smooth but at the bottom of the cage is a lot of dust right so the dust is your ego and your anger and all of that stuff and so you have to shed that and unless you shed that we were talking about to the you know to your friends you know the jujitsu group this is not going to work really well if you don't give up your anger or if you don't give up your thrust for overpowering it's not going to work as good The crumbs are good enough, though, (laughs) right? That's what some of these guys say. Well, the crumbs help me not to get choked, so uh, I'm I'm down with the crumbs, you know? But uh, to really understand this, to be able to do this in daily life and other circumstances, there's going to be some dust at the bottom of the cage, right? Which is you have to drop your collision. You have to drop your ego. You have to drop your uh, want to win.
2: And also you have to, from my experience, you have to trust that relaxation is stronger because it's easy to, like, go to class and... And then it's like i'm at jujitsu with a very tough guy and i have to remember like it, i'm going to be stronger if i'm relaxed because it's easy to be like okay well this is this guy and this then is different this is different and then you get crushed and i have found that i'm not you know there's plenty of room for improvement that i have in this but actually i'm good at that like even at the toughest guys i stay relaxed right. i still might lose right. but i do a lot better than i would have or i do yeah. even better and i and i just am like i've resigned myself to I am stronger when I'm relaxed and I'm relaxed in the proper way or as good as I can and the results are tangible.
1: Yeah. Well, With more, uh, more positive reinforcement, positive experiences, that's when you can, it's in your tool bag. Everything stays in your tool bag, by the way. Your anger, your, your frustration, your collision is still in the tool bag. But if you don't use it a lot, that stuff goes to the bottom of the tool bag and at the top of the tool bag is relaxed and coordinate. So when you reach for something in a rush, you're going to get the good stuff instead of having to dig. You can still, by the way, dig and find that anger. I mean, it's still there.
0: (laughs) It's still there.
1: We all have the capacity to do any of that, right? It's still in your bag, but it's not near the top. And so what we're trying to do is to change that paradigm of push shove, right? To push embrace.
0: Yeah. And it's, it seems like even the more I'm hearing you talk, it's not just a martial art or a physical thing it's really a way of being and really a mental shift too and how you can carry all these principles into your daily life or relationships and I'm assuming too, Pete that's probably how Would you, you even bring it up into your your practice well, and how you teach other practitioners well,
2: two things about that and I've told sensei this before first of all this says key in daily life so that's the title <laughs> of the book so I mean obviously obviously yeah. the, the author agreed with you because that's yeah. what he called the book for healing I look at it like this and I've said this before yeah. Like, look, Dr. Thurman Fleet, who some people know, he's kind of like my mentor's mentor. I, th- I, th- I think he's one of the greatest healers that we have like record of. I mean, his results prove it. And like, he didn't know this stuff. So obviously you can be a great healer and not be familiar with this, at least in this context. With that said, do I think understanding this can make someone a much better healer? Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I have Sensei come to the Zone School events, the higher level events, and teach.
0: Yeah. One of the things also I noticed when I was doing just the last uh, exercise we did, and I was trying to push Pete, um, and he was staying very relaxed, is I became extremely tense. And I thought, oh, that's interesting, if that's kind of what happens, is that the other person is trying so hard. Two
1: things happen. Yeah. One thing is that you end up not pushing effectively because you're not, you're not um, supported by what you're doing yeah. so you stop pushing effectively I, I noticed that and I wanted to talk to you about that right is that some of the jujitsu guys at least in the beginning they couldn't bend my arm if I was tight because they weren't effic- eff- eff- efficiently trying to bend my arm yeah, I know they, they, like they can right, right. I know they can do it right and I said bend and I'm going well, this guy's not even bending my arm. Because that's
2: a very like unfamiliar... Because yeah. they're trying to bend it this way right, to break right. it. So yeah. they're like, oh, bend it this way. They have to process so that.
1: You know, so, so, um, so it does change how the person reacts. Now, in the beginning, it might change. You try harder and more, less efficient to do whatever it is, to bend the arm or something yeah. or to hurt somebody or take them over. But after a short period of time, you change into relaxed. So here's a, another example of that, right? Two hands hold here and here, right? And what I want you to do is to squeeze down as hard as you can, right? So I'm resisting you like this. So you feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. So you're squeezing as hard as you can. Yeah, good. Okay, so let go and now squeeze as hard as you can. Now squeeze a little harder. See, you have more left and now squeeze a little harder. You have more left. Yep. <laughs> so basically you didn't <laughs> squeeze as hard as you thought. <laughs> Right. And you change that. Now, this is something that uh, uh, I told uh, sensei about this. Right. Because uh, this happened. His, I guess, sensei sensei, Masoyama, the head of Kyokushin, the founder founder. of Kyokushin. Right. Went to see Tohei sensei. He's a little younger than Tohei sensei because he heard about Tohei sensei and he went to see him. And so he wanted to test him. So he purposefully tried to squish Tohei sensei's hand in a handshake. So try to squish it. So Toy sensei just stayed relaxed and said, you're a very strong boy. (laughs) You're a very strong boy. And so Masayama really loved him and respected him. Enough so that when I went to Japan the first time and I went to a Kyokushin thing because one of my friends was there and the, they found out that I had study I studied with Tohei-sensei. They put me up on the dais, you know, and had me like kind of judge, you know? <laughs> so, because he really loved Tohei-sensei. He thought Tohei-sensei, that was a reaction he loved as opposed to any other kind of reaction.
2: Sensei, can you show, I think it'd be very worthwhile yep. for this interview and maybe show him, The four principles. I think you touched on a few. You mentioned one point, but I think, uh, you know, weight on underside and everything else, explaining them are, they go a long way. It helped me a lot when I read the book. Okay.
1: So here, like we, uh, one of the principles we call key is extending. We used to call it extend key, but extend key was like a verb, like you had to do something. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is just key is extending. It's already extending. So because key is extending, this becomes very stable. So that's one of the principles is key is extending. The other one is keep one point, which is your center. And the way that we find one point is by coming up off your heels lightly and come down light. So you can see that he's slightly forward, Mm -hmm. right? If you go back to your heels, just even lightly, go back to your heels, right? Then it's easy to push you over. And if you keep with that forward, come up and come down just slightly forward, right? Right. Then you become much more stable and you can feel it. It's, you know, nobody disputes this, right? So this is, we call, keep one point. So one point is, I don't know, in martial arts, they talk about tanjian or Mm tanden or this thing, which actually had an idea of it being a surface, like a a, a thing.
0: Or hara, right? Yeah, or hara,
1: right? But people have a, that's so finite. And Toei Sensei said, it's not finite, it's infinite. Mm. So he said, let's think about it like a point, like it gets ever smaller, and smaller, and never reaches zero, smaller, more concentrated, more concentrated, more concentrated, and that can go forever. Whereas a, a, a place is just a place, right? So it's slightly in front of you. If you just relax your feet and relax your heels, then this is a posture of one point. We call it a posture of one point. And again, slightly, just slightly back on your heels, right and that's not a posture of one point (laughs) right right you can feel it now it doesn't mean that if you put your weight on your heels that you're going to lose balance because you can keep one point and put your weight on your heels Mm. but it's not as easy
0: yeah
1: (laughs) right so those are two that's extend key and keep one point the other is relax completely and relax completely means just what you're doing now right and so let's let's uh, we'll we'll do that as an uh, a we can do it here Right. So I want you to come over. Can you can you take this? Right. So right hand like like you're writing. Okay. Okay. So uh, and uh, come over here and you can hold his wrist. Right. Right. And so write gibberish, just nothing. Right. Do it again. Write gibberish. Right. And now write the most important word to you, whatever it is. Right, so what changed, I mean, you know, you, you know what I mean? All yeah. that changed was
0: focus intention, focus maybe? or not,
1: right, focus or not. And it was a very different thing. One would yeah. just went up and one you could still write, you know, when, yeah. when, when, even when he's lifting. So this is really relaxed. That's really relaxed. Yeah. The other one was limp, or we would call it, you know, you were saying, I don't know what to call it. Toy Sensei calls it losing power. Mm-hmm. Limp is losing power. It's not paying attention. It's just letting things fly over you and letting them move you around. You know, there's a term in Japanese called ronin. Ronin. And ronin is sort of like, you know, Toshio Fune, the masterless samurai runs around or the guy in the baby cart. You know, you don't have a master and you're just running.
0: You always hear these popular movies like the ronin. Right. Right. Is that what it is? Yeah. So
1: ronin means, ronin means wave person. Ronin. It means that you're tossed about by circumstances of life. So that's not stable.
0: It's not a compliment. No, it's not. people use it now, I always, it's like, it almost seems like he's a rebel. He's well,
1: actually, what Ronin means in Japan now is the, the time between high school and college, when you're not going to college yet. Oh. You're a Ronin. I mean, you haven't decided what you're going to do. You're and you're just floating around, waiting for some opportunity or something. So it's not really a compliment, although we all wanted to be Toshiro Mufune when we were in the, you know, the, sam- in the samurai days. Um, so it's relaxed completely. Wait Keep on one point. Weight on the underside means calmness. So if you look at, well, I wouldn't bring up Lake Tahoe these days since it's all full of smoke, yeah. right? But if you look at Lake Tahoe, it's very calm and you can see that it's deep. You can feel that it's deep. You can feel the depth of that. So weight on the underside would be this. Offer your hand like this. And just relax like you're shaking hands. Right. Okay. And first think on this line. Right? And then, of course, this goes up. And then relax your arm. And think on this line. Think of everything is on this line. So the weight is settling down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so what my teacher would say is if... Uh, you could be stable you're going to be the uk in this one if i can no this right let's just stay here if if i can keep weight on if i'm keeping weight on the upper side i won't be able to move you really easily Mm -hmm. but if i keep weight on the underside (laughs) then of course i could (laughs) down you do that again.
0: again. again.
1: (laughs) right and so if i can down you this way then we can walk off into the sunset, right? You know, so then do we need to do a block like this if you can down like this? So therefore, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to do this. You can just do this. And you have more time to stop whatever's happening. You know. For instance, um, well hard to say this because it's a police thing and i try to teach the cops in this one too you know there should be That's something a group
0: of people by the way they're very stubborn in their own oh ways. you bet i think they know everything and anything can't teach them anything new and so any before you even say that i'm always thinking about what you're talking about toishi and uh trying to get the the key society to uh you know to uh, or the not the key society. the aikikai right the aikido Aikika, people yeah. to, understand to understand this it, it ain't it
1: that it. easy it's not that easy. It be, yeah, it's not easy. So, for instance, I think in the in the training manual should be: if you come upon a scene that somebody has a weapon, like a gun, take cover first.
0: That's, that's a good idea.
1: But they don't have that, <laughs>
0: they right? They teach that.
1: No, but nobody does it. Nobody they approach it like this, yeah. and then when you move, I have to shoot you. But if I'm in cover, then you could move, and I can wait till I see you doing the actual movement to recognize that it was a sandwich or that it was a telephone or that, you know, it was a toy. You know, you have time if you're covered, but if you're not covered, I understand why if somebody moves fast and you tell them to drop it, you got to drop them, right? But if you were covered first, (laughs) then you wouldn't have have to, you you would not have to do that. So even something simple like that could prevent a lot of accidents. Because I know it, even the most hardened officer doesn't want to shoot somebody I mean even if you're really crazy and you really don't mind shooting people you don't like the litigation no. yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, you know? know I mean there's all negative parts of that so yeah. if you approach and you approach that way I think that even something simple like that would mm-hmm. help people not get into that kind of a problem that you don't have to react to that there was a Berkeley PD one of my students a Berkeley PD guy who approached a scene this is maybe 25 years ago 30 years ago who approached the scene and the guy had a chainsaw And it was running, (laughs) and he was swinging. And so what what the officer did was tell everybody to back off, and then the guy started approaching him, and he backed off about three blocks. Drew his gun, but backed off about three blocks. Mm -hmm. The chainsaw stalls. (laughs) He goes up, he takes it away, he hooks him up, and... Drags him off. Now all of his buddies said, "No, that was the perfect opportunity. You should have iced him. him, You should have shot him, right?" And he says he thanks the training every day because he sees that guy all the time. Mm. Yeah. And he didn't, you know, that's. You can do that if you choose to do that. But if you don't, yeah, I would say that, yeah, if you don't feel like you can withdraw, withdraw, yeah, you gotta, you know, you're not gonna get cut up by a chainsaw. But if you look at the thing more calmly, you can see it better right and then you can make the better decision so these are the principles of what we train right and we train them not that you have to know them <laughs> this is one of my one of my se- the seniors in our dojo came uh, in, in our in our system came into the dojo and he looks and we usually have these things the four principles on the wall tohi sensei's picture you know and a key sign up there and he says we should take those down put them in the garbage (laughs) and I went oh damn like what's he talking about right and he says because people think because they're up there that you're doing them Mm. you think that you're holding a bible that means you're pious you think you're you know ridiculous you know rather that you not have the book and you do the stuff (laughs) that's much better then you're you're a living bible or you're, you're a living theory instead of you know a written theory so I mean hopefully people will recognize that a little more and that's what that's the goal yeah. That's the goal here. So, more questions? or?
0: Oh, man, I probably got a whole bunch more.
2: Uh... <laughs> you know, while well, you're thinking, I read a, it's actually a Tai Chi book, but it doesn't matter. And I re, it was a pretty cool part. The author of the book was studying with this legendary Tai Chi guy, you know, Chen Ming. Yeah, Chen yeah. <laughs> and Ming. And his life, the guy's student's life was falling apart. He was so upset. And he went to the teacher. I, I don't think he spoke English. He was a translator. And he told him this, like, harrowing, you know, 15-minute tale. Of, you know, he was ready to kill himself. And the teacher goes, just relax. <laughs> and he said when he left, he's like, man, what can I? Like, that's the most horrible advice, you know? And he said, you know, when he wrote the book later, he realized that what good advice it was. And it just brings me back to what I said before. I'm, of course, you know, we're talking about relax completely. It's a little different. And, but this principle of relaxation, you hear it all the time. I mean, Gurdjieff, who was a famous metaphysician, he used to tell people to look at, like, their uh, tension in their body because Gurdjieff said it's a lot easier to get energy, you know, with, like, air and food and sleep. But people are dissipating energy all day because they're tense. So even Gurdjieff knew, and Dr. Fleet talked about it too. Same thing. So like a lot of smart people have figured this out, and uh, I just you can't um, you can't pass by that. Like that, the proper relaxation goes a long, 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 long way in multiple ways.
1: Well, a great segue. <laughs> great segue. Uh, tai Sensei was giving an interview, and and um, people always ask him when he's giving an interview. They're always asking about O oh, Sensei, right? And so. After a while, you know, years and years, Toi-sensei's like, what am I, shop liver? I mean, you know, I got my own system, man. What are you yeah. talking about, right? So the guy's asking him, uh, some is asking him, he says, uh, well, what is the most important things that O-sensei ever taught you? And Toi-sensei's a little pissed, right? So he goes, the only thing that O-sensei ever taught me of any value was to how to relax. And the, and wow. the guy is like livid, because he's an Aikikai guy. He goes like... How could you say that? You know, that's so disrespectful. And Toy sensei looks at him and he says, do you know how to relax? <laughs> <laughs> it's not something little. It's something huge. It's not a little thing. It's like huge thing. It's the, it's the only thing. It's the master thing. And, um, <laughs> so that, I mean, that, that's how people view it, this thing is it's, it, yeah, I can relax. No, you can't. You can relax under certain circumstances, but you can't relax under others. You know, you can relax when you're in power or when you think you can control the situation. Then you can sort of use relaxation because you feel comfortable, you know, about doing it. But try to do that when you're not in the in the upper hand. Try to do that when you're in the lower hand, when you're... Um, I was... Well, I guess I could say this. I was looking because it's true. I, I was looking at uh, maybe it might have even been one of your interviews. So sorry if it is right. But um, one of the jujitsu masters was saying that he matched somebody and the guy had already done three fights or something. And and uh, he was he had his eye bunked out or something. He was really so he wasn't in good shape. And so the master, the, the other guy said, well, yeah, I you know, they said, well, take him out. You know, was a good time. And he said, no, no, no you know, I think I'll just play, you know, play it like normal, you know, because the guy has got his eye poked out and, you know, and uh, that's a really good thing. And everybody said, oh, what a wonderful thing. He didn't take advantage of it. But would he have done that if the guy was in perfect shape and was ready to rock and roll? Maybe not. Probably not. Right. And so it's not whether you can do that when you're in a more powerful position, but whether you can do that when you're in an underdog position, too whether you can stay relaxed when you're in the underdog position, not when you're in the most powerful position. So can you stay relaxed when your wife says, we're going here? You're in the underdog position, baby. You know, so can you, can you say, you know, okay, or relax and not even fight yourself to say, it's okay, I can do it this way, right? Or not, right? Then yeah. when you're in the upper position where you can just say, you know, your kids, we're going, <laughs> right? We're going Well, it's there. funny
0: you say that because this whole time I was thinking, I was like, when this interview is over, I'm going to ask you that. I think we should go write a book on marriage and raising kids. I using I IQ teach a, I teach a lot of that. Do you? Okay.
1: I, I I do counseling a lot
0: of uh, in my Zen.
1: I'm a yeah. Zen priest too, by the way, just on the side, right? Okay. But I, I don't do that as a job, so I don't really mention that much. Yeah. But in that capacity, I do a lot of counseling, and I have counseled many many a, uh, a couple, right? In in that one, uh, to to see how you deal with kids, and you know, do you see it from their perspective, and uh, do you warn them when you're going to move, you know, you're going to go. Somewhere, or do you spring it on them in the morning? Hey, we're going to grandma's, and then you wonder how come it takes them so long to get ready right. instead of saying in the night before, Hey, we're going to grandma's at eight in the morning, so get it together. You know, we don't think about it that way, right? We don't think about it what they're thinking about. You know, uh, uh, when I was teaching in jail, we were teaching some uh, uh, couples in jail or some parents in jail, parenting, right? And I said, look, if you're looking at your kid and you're talking to them and they're doing this, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. You know, they're not gonna listen to you. You know, they're just going, ah, whatever, right? So you have to look at them and see how they're reacting in order to get your message across. Cause don't, isn't that what you want to get your message across? But of course, many times it's not. Many times you just want your way, right? And so you can force your way, but not all the time. Like you can train a, 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 you can train an attack dog with, with power, with pepper, and with beatings and stuff, and you can train them to do certain things. But don't fall asleep you know, cause they're going to bite your face off yeah. or don't leave the door open because maybe they're just going to take off. But if you train them with love, then you can fall asleep. You can leave the door open and they'll protect you They're with their life. They'll protect you. Yeah. So how we train things that we can get along with it, but do we want to, like we were talking about physical, you know, sure. You can maybe use an overpowering movement, but you're doing experiments now. So you're going, well, let me see if I can do it this way. Even people you can normally take off, you know, you just, let me, and that's the time when you can really do experimentation. You know, you can go, well, I can take this guy anyway, so let me see if I can do it with relaxation. And that's not a bad thing to do, right? But trying to do that when you can't take them, when they're stronger than you, which you are also doing, you know, because I think I mentioned it before, sometimes just play defense. Yeah. Don't do any offense at all. Just do defense and then see how you, how you fare, mm-hmm. you know, and you'll learn a lot from doing that. You know, you'll learn that you are going on the offense a lot. <laughs> By the way, you go, can't do that, can't do that, right? Just play defense. Right? Uh, this is my couples counseling as well as my jujitsu counseling. <laughs> just play defense. i well, you, yeah,
0: we need to have like a Brandon martial art, like a Aikido.
1: Aikido for couples, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, everything you were saying, I was thinking about just being a parent and raising my own kid yeah. and that they joining in the, the collision. Right. I noticed him, my seven year old, and him and I will collide a lot. Right. I was just thinking about, like, oh man, there's probably so many ways that I can be more relaxed in my approach. Absolutely. And, and getting more compliance from that relaxed approach.
1: Because what is it that you want? What is it the result you want? And if you're not getting the result, you're doing something wrong. That's all That's all I can say, you know? Because yeah. <laughs> the only he thing you can... Says, Results don't lie. Because the only thing you can control is you anyway, you know, so. Yeah, I love that. Yeah.
0: One thing I wanted to ask you, and then there's a couple of other questions I have, but um, there's one thing, and I don't know if we want to do it now, but you were talking about it, and I remember seeing the video, uh, one of the zone seminars, is you had, I think someone pinned to the ground and I think you said try to get up and nobody can get up and even you were saying you're like you have to try this yeah ha- I, I-, I-, I want to experiment with this.
1: sure now I, I wouldn't say like I- there's no uh, no we can do it right here there's there's no ultimate right it's not like you can't get up yeah right you know I mean if life depended upon it and I didn't care much yeah I bet you you can yeah. you know I bet you could get up but it's it's the it's the um, comparative that we're talking about like experiment Right, we're comparing. Can you get up better this way? Can you g- get up better? And most of the time, unless they're trying to hurt me, they still understand that this pin, this way of pinning, is different than a, than trying to hold somebody down. So yeah. you want to try it? Yeah. You're probably going to have to take off your. Okay. Your guy. You want to do
2: it? You should, whatever you are.
1: Yeah. I mean, you want to, you, you can do the pin. Yeah, sure. yeah. I love to have my students demonstrate. <laughs> right. So you're going to come uh, 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 here over this. Uh, yeah, that's fine. And yeah, come this way and kneel down and get close to him right and so first I want you to push down on him and then you're gonna try to get up, He's really trying to get up. you're really sorry right so you can do certain thing yeah. right certain kind of movement right and so now I want you to really keep on wait, wait on the other side mm-hmm. one point you can touch here 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 anyway so you don't hurt your fingers either right and then just keep one point and keep yourself stable okay now jump up So, in, indeed, what I see is that, ultimately, you don't want to jump up anymore. And it's not because it hurts, it's just because it ain't working. ain't working. Right. So, do when we're pinning somebody, let's say, as a policeman, if I hold you down hard, you're going to, if you're a fighter, you're going to keep wanting to get up. Right. Right? But if you hold him down soft, like he's holding, and you can move if he moves, right? Okay, go.
2: You can see if you can go back to square one where I'm really trying, now I'm not using, I'm just trying to hold you down. Yeah. Like I'm just using strength. Go. You're really trying to get up. Right. uh,
1: So that's a totally different reaction from you as well and a totally different reaction from him. Yeah. So that's the pin that I teach. Yeah. And so it's not like whether I can pin you, you know, if you're, you know, you're going to continue on for the rest of, you know, you're flipping over or something like that, but it's, you know, how it makes you feel. Yeah.
0: No, that's, that's amazing. Okay. That was great. Thanks.
1: You're welcome. Now he's tired.
0: <laughs> now you got your workout for the oh, day. No, good, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, you know, with all this stuff, all this knowledge and everything that you know, what, um, you know, what are some, what are some things that you're doing right now that are there any like projects or anything that you're exciting that you're working on or other ways that you're trying to bring all this knowledge well
1: it's hard it's hard in this in this environment right uh, to do it because what I'd really like to do is to get back to the jails Mm. only because that's the least served area now some people get mad at me they say well you should be handling the victims of these folks and I do that too but these guys are gonna get out so do you want them worse or do you want them better I want I want them in my dojo. I don't want them in my backyard, you know what I mean, where my yeah. wife would have to shoot you is what I tell them. And they <laughs> laugh, and I go, no, if you come into my backyard, my wife is going to shoot you. <laughs> right? That's that's yeah. the way, that's, seriously, that's the way that goes, right? So I want to get back to the jails, and, um, and so if anybody seeing this can help me get back into the jails, at least locally in the Bay Area, but any jail is fine, right? Uh, because the effect of that is really far-reaching to train somebody to understand that relaxation is your strength that you don't have to prove anything that you don't have to push your issue that you can see it from other people's perspectives and to tell you the truth some of my best students come from come from the jail I um, uh, this is comedy relief I I, uh, I saw my first person it must have been 12 maybe 15 years ago I saw my first guy out that I knew in the jail, right? Wow. And so we were, I was eating Chinese food and, uh, and a bunch of cholos come in and they looked like cholos, they, you know, they had the shirts, the white shirts and the tan pants and yeah. the button and everything, right? And so they were all bald and tats, tatted up. And they came in and I thought, oh crap, what's gonna happen? And then they were just ordering Chinese food, you know, that's, that's what they were doing. So they ordered it and in the crowd, I heard, sensei, sensei. And I look around and I go, oh shit, that's Jose. uh oh. Do we have anything on that can rec- that he can recognize me going home? You know, I said, you know, but I said, Hi, hi Jose. He said, Remember me? I said, Yeah, absolutely. When'd you get out? <laughs> I didn't <laughs> think you, you I didn't think now? you, you I didn't go think, go think you were getting out, you know. I didn't say that, you know, but so then then they ordered their meal and they went outside and then we finished our meal and I was with my little kid and my, my wife. And so we walked out and out of the crowd the guy said, Thanks because Jose is much better now than when he went in. He's a much calmer guy. Thanks a lot, you know. Yeah. So, you know, this is a very big effect that can have on society too, you know, uh, uh, much bigger. I mean, it's a good effect to have on law enforcement. It's a good effect to have on uh, criminals because those are sort of, you know, actually, they're probably like this. They're they're not really the ends of the spectrum, right? Um, But it really will help both situations out if everybody stays calmer and relaxed and recognizes that relaxation is strong. It's not weak at all it's very very strong it's stronger than tension and so once we recognize that from a practice viewpoint then we can put it into into daily life
0: yeah huge, huge. I have a couple more like questions like lightning round kind of questions that I usually ask sure Uh, but before I do that is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wish I had and then Pete maybe there's even something that you're like you know what there's one thing I don't Pete would know more than me enough on or that might be valuable
2: I think, I think we covered a lot of great stuff, actually. If you want yeah. to go to your lightning round. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, if something <laughs> pops up, you cut me off. Okay. <laughs> um, what, so what are some choices you think you made in your life that made you who you are today?
1: Well, actually, all the choices I made in my life made me who I am today,
0: sure. right? And
1: I, I, sometimes I look back and say, I should have done this. I should have done this. But I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy. with. Yeah. I, of course, we could always do better. But I'm pretty happy with where I am. So obviously the choices I made, you know, put me here, right? Uh, My wife was saying, I I was going to get into that high school and I didn't get into it. And I go, if you went to that high school, I might never have met you. So good that you went into that one. And, you know, and we met each other. So yeah, I, I, no, I I think the choices were just to, you know, groove along with what's happening. And if I felt really strong about it, I did it. And, uh, and of course I probably made a few mistakes, but here I am. And I really, you know, I like what I, what I'm doing. So Yeah. yeah, I'm very happy.
0: Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Who you know, obviously you're such a force to be reckoned with. Who? Oh no. Who, uh, who <laughs> Oh is, no. <laughs> or you're such a positive force okay. that I'm positive in, in yeah. A, in a good way. <laughs> um, you know, who inspires you or is there anybody that that I mean all the teachers that you've had, is there anybody that besides Koichi Sohei that you that you think about or
1: well, all the people who have, uh, have uh, who have taught me from from uh, the, the Zen side, uh, Tanway Roshi and Zen, uh, Omori Sogen and Zen, uh, so. Uh, uh Suhara Cohen, who taught me kudo, taught me archery uh, in Zen. That really, uh, you know, helped me a lot. Dub Lei, D- William Lei, who was a body worker, uh, was a student of uh, Moshe Feldenkrais and a student of Ida Rolf, direct student of both yeah. of those, and developed a system that really helped me a lot. Um, but all of those really, I mean, t- you know, just honestly, all of them pale. in, in uh, Tohei Sensei really molded me in a way that uh, uh, that was so uh big and also Toy Sensei even though he usually says uh you should just do this, he allowed me to do Zen at the same time because he found that when I came back from Zen I was improved. So he said whatever's happening over there is good. So just you know you can you can keep going over there, right? And Tanori roshi the same. Although Tanrei Roshi said something once um uh we were doing something he's a martial artist too and a Zen person. So we were doing something and he says yeah, you, you Aikido guy, you know, I can throw something at you. You get out of the way. I grab your wrist and you throw. So why do you need, why do you need this Aikido? You can already do that. Just study Zen. Yeah. And I said, yeah, but without that, I wouldn't have been able to do that. You know, I wouldn't be able to do that stuff without training that. So that's why I, I continue to do Zen. And then he said, yeah, I can throw all this martial arts at you. But if I throw a Mercedes your way, you're, you're, you're in trouble, right? And then I went, no, Sensei, I like BMWs. <laughs> I like BMWs, right? I'm not attached. I like BMWs yeah. instead. So he understood where, you know, where my my, my stupidity lied, you know. Uh, when I first met him, I had a, a, a mustache and a goatee. And he looked at me and he said, what are you hiding behind that? And I went, I'm not hiding anything. And he said, you're attached to that. And I go, no, I'm not. So I go in the, the dressing room and I shave it off and I come out and I go, yeah, I was. yeah I was but I stopped doing it you know (laughs) but yeah I was (laughs) yeah you were so yeah I mean Toy Sensei I I can't say anybody uh, you know higher than him you know in terms of the effect on me still today even he died in 2011 Uh, but still you know, still today I can, because he left us with a thing, a theory that you can constantly check and test yourself on. It's not just a theory that you can spout whatever you want. You know, God talks to me so I can say what I want. Yeah, right. How are we going to check that? You know, there's a, there's a joke about, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the student falls asleep and, uh, I mean, the teacher falls asleep and the student says, hey, we're, you can't fall asleep, you're a teacher. And the teacher says, well, I was communing with God. <laughs> And so then the student falls asleep and the teacher says, hey, wake up. What were you doing? He says, well, I was communing with God and he says he hasn't seen you in a long time. Right. <laughs> so you can say anything you want with that. But yeah. this is sort of provable. You know, you proved it right now. Yeah. You know, relaxation was much stronger than tension was. And I can prove it to that way or show my mistakes every day. Right. Even though Toy Sensei's not with us.
0: Yeah. Oh. Awesome. Any um, any big books that. Uh heavily impacted your life. I'm a big reader. Is there any books other than some of the ones we've highlighted already today? But I'm not
1: a big reader. Um, uh, my father wanted me a big, big reader. He was a self-taught, sort of a working class. I'm a red baby, you know, red diaper baby, you know, so he was a self-taught unionist and we had books all over the house and he tried to get me to read and I never, never got into it. Right. The only books I could recommend is anything by Tohei Sensei. Perfect. Anything by Tohei Sensei, but don't buy them all up. And if you buy them, <laughs> buy two of them and send me one
0: (laughs) buy two of them and send me one (laughs) any any rituals or practices that you do on a daily basis
1: yeah lots um uh i do a breathing exercise uh long breathing every day Uh, i do meditation every day uh lately i do i mean i teach every day sometimes twice a day three times a day um uh Lately, since my student gave me a sauna, I take a sauna every day. Nice. <laughs> they just gave me that sauna over there. Right.
0: Oh, clear light are in Berkeley. I, that, well, that's what your
1: brother was saying, right, that you just interviewed you know, And yeah. the, the person who gave yeah. me that bought it directly from the doctor because she knew him somehow, yeah. right? And then uh, so she hadn't been using it, and i have been complaining because I belong to a health club, and, uh, you know, they've been closed. Yeah. And the only reason I joined the health club was for the sauna, sauna yeah. because it, economically it was yeah, best right it was it? and uh, and they opened up everything but Funny. the sauna yeah. which kills all oh, of the I bacteria so the sauna, yeah. i i COVID, yeah. I, I don't death going it'll, it'll a lot of death going yeah. in the sauna yeah. so i don't understand it but so i was <laughs> kvetching to this per, this student of mine and so she said well i haven't used this in six months so do you want it so i got it and i i used it and the second day after i used it it just it just died oh no, no and so i called up the company it's not you know warrantied I'm the second owner right I called up the company I didn't get any response and then the last text I would I mentioned the doctor's name yeah. oh I think he's the one who sold it to us and you know an hour later you get a call there's a, a workman coming over to visit your house and and they brought a whole new insides and the guy I said well how much because I was willing to pay I got sure. this for free and they went no no bye-bye nice. <laughs> yeah so yeah I do do a sauna every day.
0: <laughs> I'm glad I took care of you. That was the right thing to do. It
1: was the right thing to do, and I'm very happy too. Yeah, nice. I like to sweat.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, last but not least, where can people find you?
1: Well, this is an interesting thing because if like, if me. <laughs> if no, somehow the, there is that there is that right uh, because in headquarters, I always when we had meetings because I wor- worked my way through attrition to being on sort of general staff, right? When we had meetings, I would say, Sensei, we have to shrink. We have to make ourselves smaller and he goes are you crazy you know this we got to get bigger no we got to shrink we have to have smaller classes so that everybody understands what we're doing and we can check them and you know constantly because seminars don't do it you can't check everybody and so what are they leaving with you know um so in a certain sense it's you know it's you know up the stairs down an alley you know in the thing you know a little sign Uh, but there is something to be said because like if dr pete who's a very smart guy Could not find the direct student, senior direct student of Tohei Sensei, and he was looking, then obviously I ain't out there enough, right? But we do have web pages, right? And one web page is keyaikido.org, keyaikido.org, and the other one is keyonline.org. So both of those, uh, you know, you can get to us, yeah.
0: Awesome. You know, and the thing I was thinking is if just like the way you found your teacher, you did whatever it took to, to you were willing to speak japanese and you knew nothing if people really want to find you they'll figure out a way just the way like Pete down well you. i
1: figure i, I figure qu- uh, you know quality over quantity you know yeah. really um uh but but also there's the touch people just like with a workshop or touch people with just a little thing, you know. Uh, one workshop can help somebody change change something. You know, one workshop in the jail can help that person change how they're... If you go online, there's a, a little thing about the jail program. And some of the, you know, the, the, the things that those guys say is just heart-wrenching. You know, about how, oh man, I didn't realize that this could, you know, that I could be relaxed and I could really do things that I want to do and... It's just amazing, you know. Yeah. So, uh yeah, so even workshops or something like that is always really good. I, I do it for corporate, I do it for, you know, for anybody, you know, jails, uh, police, you know, when they yeah. want it, <laughs> when they want They're it, <laughs> when they want it, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, that's how you can get me Very this cool. through us.
0: Senti Maida. Dr. Pete, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank, Thank you. Guys.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right. That's it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Hack Life. And if you did, please share this episode on social media and then tag me at Joel Levin Coaching. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so that you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. Thanks a ton, guys, for the support.